You're listening to Senior Style Guide's Real Talk Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Black. We hope you enjoy today's episode and be sure to hit that follow button so we can connect. chat about combating burnout today and replenishing the creative soul. Michelle, have you ever experienced burnout? Oh, yes, definitely. Lots of times. Um, I think it's that like feeling that you get where you start feeling like nothing you're doing is working. Whenever you go to shoot, you're out of ideas. Um, Any ideas that you do have, you feel like they're just not like really working for you. Um, You start looking at the shoots that you're producing and you're like, oh, I just don't like this. And maybe you even feel like, am I even like supposed to be being a photographer? You know, should I even be doing this? Do you ever feel like maybe you should just quit? Um, I have. And it was definitely during those periods of creative burnout. Absolutely. You just basically I could go check, 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 check to all those boxes. And it's so disheartening when you're on a session and you know, you're exhausted and you know, it's the end of the season and you almost feel like, okay, I'm doing the same thing I did two days ago. When every session in my mind, the goal is to be better each time, Mm. not stagnant. Yeah. Yeah. That's really hard. It is. And you're in the thick of it and and you're like, well, how do I get out of this? I've got 10 more clients to wrap the season up. Exactly. Yeah. So you definitely need a strategy. And that's what we're going to talk about today because we've all been there. And I don't know about you, Vicki, but I've had to come up with my own strategies um, in order to prevent creative burnout and to see the signs before they hit me full force. Exactly. I have had to just basically go and hide. That's, I retreat and I have to slow down. I have to slow down to speed up. It's the only way I can get back on the path and fly right. I just, when I feel it, I know that I have to move things around and just go hide. So let me ask you this, um, because I know for me, when I first started becoming aware of it, At first, I kind of fought it a little bit. And I was just like, no, I'm fine. I don't need to go do anything about this. It'll work itself out. And so I don't know if you've experienced that. But for me, if I ignore the signs, then I end up worse than I would have been if I had just dealt with it. Absolutely. I always think if if I don't address it, it won't come to fruition. Unfortunately, it is oozing out my pores at every turn. And I am self-aware enough with my business to know what's best for it. And that's why I have to go hit reset. I have to walk away and become excited again to pick up my camera. Yeah. If I'm not happy when I put my hand on that camera, I'm not going to be able to produce. Yeah. That's the thing that's 
true, I think, of any creative profession. Unfortunately, it's just not as easy. I mean, like you can go and do certain jobs, repetitive work and and different things like that, where you don't necessarily need to be excited about work to actually get the work done. But for us to be effective as artists, um, if you're not addressing uh, this issue, if you haven't already had a huge burnout, I'm afraid you are probably going to have one eventually because it's just not possible to continue to produce, produce, produce and never take a step back. Exactly. If you're not excited about your work, I pray that your clients are (laughs) because that is the epitome of creative burnout at the end of the day. I mean, you've got to be proud of it, especially if you're doing in-person ordering sessions, you have to be excited. You have to find something at least, I don't know, maybe you don't, but with myself, when I sit down with the client to share their images, I have to go and say, oh my gosh, in that moment, remember when you did this, I draw an emotional attachment. Oh yeah. If I'm so burnt out, I can't come up with anything. That's not good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not just the ordering session too. Part of what you, at least for me, what I um, do to draw out other people's personalities is to be excited about the shoot that I'm doing right there as it's happening and being excited about the shots that we're getting and being excited about um, the poses and and our location and how it's all working together. That's so fun for me. And if I don't have that, then I'm, I mean, you know, they might as well go put the camera on a tripod and put it on a timer and just let the camera take pictures because then I'm not, I'm not invested. I'm not creating art anymore. I'm just pushing a, a button and that, and that's, that's not, that's not what I'm all about, about at all. Exactly. And it sounds like you and I both can identify when we're in a creative rut and we have burnout. I guess now, what is the call to action? What is your call to action to reverse the course and get right back on the path of being creative? For me, when I wasn't actively doing much to prevent it in the first place and it showed up, I would have to stop photographing for days on end. Um, I had to walk away and maybe go, you know, spend some time by myself, like walking on the beach or reading or even like doing like a full getaway where maybe had like, I don't know, like I've rented a cabin before, like even just an hour from our house just to like get away and um, try to replenish because I, what I was doing is I was pushing and pushing and pushing and never, um, allowing myself those breaks and those opportunities to uh, reflect and and go back within um, myself in order to find, you know, that place where I, where I draw that creative energy. Um, So when you're depleted, you gotta, you gotta take extra steps to, to re, you know, replete yourself. Is replete a word? Yes, it is. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Deeply, but we replete. can make our own up. It's okay. We're allowed to because we're making the rules for this podcast. Uh, yeah. So, um, anyway, now I've found that 
the best strategy is prevention. And just like with anything else with our bodies, um, exercise, eating healthy, all of those things are really good preventative measures to prevent you from ending up in the hospital for two weeks with some, you know, thing where it just like forces you to like not do what you were doing. You know, you've got to completely change everything. And so I want to I prevent myself from getting to that point. So after many years of really fighting this, which I feel like is a story of my life. It's like, I fought this, I fought that. When I finally just did it, it changed everything for the better. Um, So I had been reading for a really long time just about like how important meditation is. And I had given it a shot here and there and I didn't like it. Um, I didn't find it to be a very peaceful experience because I had like a lot of I guess I would say intrusive thoughts while I was trying to meditate. And I didn't feel like I was doing it right because everything was just like, you know, bombarding me and I couldn't like, I mean, I would try to listen to the meditative music and it just wasn't working. Um, So what I finally did that worked for me is I said, okay, Michelle, I'm literally going to set a timer on my phone and it has to be a small increment, 15 minutes max of when I'm just going to meditate for, for that amount of time. And during that meditation, I know thoughts are going to pop in my head. I know I'm going to think, Oh my God, the dog needs to be walked. You know, the bill needs to be paid and I'm going to, it's going to stress me out. I just know that going in because when I think of something that needs to be done, my immediate reaction is to get up and go do it because I'm afraid I'll forget if I don't. But I said, I am going to devote this time to me no matter what comes up during the meditation and whatever it is, you know, unless the house is burning down, I will handle it after the meditation. And so I did it very imperfectly for many weeks, um, but I could get through 15 minutes and anytime that my mind would wander, I would catch it and I would just recenter. And let me just tell you, it totally changed me, Vicki. It changed me. There, there are days now where like, you know, if things are especially crazy in the morning and like maybe I can't get to my meditation into the afternoon because I like doing it first thing in the morning and I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. Isn't that crazy? Not at all. That is not crazy because you're carving out that time for you. And when that time for you is taken away, Mm -hmm. frazzled you takes over. Yep. And I'm a big proponent of self-care. That all falls in line with creative ruts and burnout. If you aren't taking care of yourself, you can't take care of others. Yeah. But that's something that's really hard for me. It's hard for everyone. I don't know anyone who has that completely mastered. I'm sorry. They can say they do, but I really don't think they do. Yeah. Um, I was really good at not taking care of myself for a really long time, I must say. Um, you know, poor eating habits, lack of exercise, uh, staying up super late and then waking up really early, not enough sleep. Um, and and I definitely was feeling the effects. Um 
so not just like physically and mentally taking care of yourself from like a standpoint for your for your creative business, but like for you. And if you are not keeping track of taking care of yourself, like, you know, I mean, if you, if you just keep going down that road, are you even going to be able to run your business? Are you going to be able to not only be creative, but also take time for your family and and do all the things that you want to be doing? I equate it to buckets. Mm. When my bucket is full and overflowing, I now know I didn't before, but I now know I need to stop and figure out how to regain control of my life when it's spinning out of control. I, I talk a lot about self-care with my kids and they hate those two words. Um, when I first introduced the term to them, I think that Parker was 19, Sophie was 13. Um, I came home, I was exhausted. We had just been on vacation and I was overwhelmed and I set them down I love that you were overwhelmed after your vacation. Isn't that sad? (laughs) It was like literally the next day. I sat them both down at the kitchen table and I said, look, I love both of you, but I'm not in love with you. Oh my gosh. I think I remember you telling me this like one time. Yeah. And I, I took it to heart and I will never forget you telling me that I'll let you finish the story. But (laughs) I remember like running and telling my husband, I'm like, oh my gosh, Vicky just told me this and it blew my mind. And he was like, oh my God, that blows my mind too. (laughs) Well, I set him down. I explained that to them and I said, so I'm overwhelmed. And in order for this ship to keep going in the right direction, Parker, you're going to cook a meal once a week. You're going to grocery shop. Sophie, you're going to clean. You're going to help with laundry, Parker. You're going to help with laundry, Sophie. You're going to both work with the dogs. You're going to do all the things that right now I don't have the energy to do because I need to focus on myself. Mm -hmm. And there was a shift in the dynamic of the household after that. Yeah. It, at first it was like, I, I, when I set them down before I even said, you know, I love you. I'm not in love with you. I said, I'm going to go on a self-care journey. And we had just got back from vacation. But they were like, oh God, what's mom doing now? (laughs) Well, neither one of them grasped the concept. It was foreign to them. Parker said, do we have to go? And I'm like, no, this is not somewhere you're going. (laughs) Did you hear the part (laughs) self-care? Yes, that's me, myself. (laughs) And, you know, it's in those moments when I step back that I can go do a creative shoot. I can do things that fuel my creative soul. Maybe I think of some other avenue for my business. Maybe it opens up something in my brain because there's space now. The bucket isn't overflowing. It's empty again. It has room to put things in. And that, I think that everyone's bucket's overflowing when they're in that creative burnout. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And um, for me, with the meditation you know, you mentioned how like when you take that time for yourself, like new things can pop up. You can have an epiphany. You can have um, some ideas that you might not have had if you were just running around frazzled all the time. And I know it can be hard. Believe me, I really struggled to force myself to meditate. And I know I don't do it perfectly. I don't sit in the lotus position with my fingers, you know, held out, like saying, um, like, I don't do that. 
I lay on my back and I stretch out and I'm in a comfortable position and I do some visualization because that helps keep my mind centered. And as I have gone on that journey with doing that every day, what I'm finding is that as time goes on, it becomes a lot easier. It becomes more and more easy to clear my mind, which is spilling over, let me just say, into all aspects of my life. And so whereas before I might like just, you know, someone yells at me or, you know, cuts me off in traffic, I might react very suddenly, you know, just like, oh, that was, you know, someone slighted me or whatever. And the meditation has like completely changed even that part of me too. And so I'm finding like more and more, not just with my creativity, it's helping in a lot of different aspects of my life, which ultimately frees up more energy for the creativity because I'm not stressed like I was. You guys, meditation is actually really amazing. And I'm a huge proponent of it now that I've been doing it regularly, but I was a skeptic for a really long time. I did it heavily 20 years ago. Oh, you did? I did. I had someone who I worked with when I was pregnant and it was amazing just how deep you could go. Wow. And I stopped after I had Parker. Obviously life, I let life take over. Life did not take over. I let it take exactly. over. And that's something we need to focus on that we let these things come in and take away our creative freedom. You decided everybody else was more important than you. Exactly. I broke my ankle in February. Actually, I took out both ankles, but I broke one. Which is crazy. I know. You've seen the step. You've yes. seen the scene of the crime. <laughs> and <laughs> Not funny, but yes, I've seen it. And it took that for me to start meditating again because I didn't want to take all the drugs they were throwing at me. Mm, wow. And the pain meditations got me back into the habit and... I I know that I too, I lay flat. I don't let my legs cross. I don't let my arms touch. Oh yeah, that's what I do too. I just lay because everything- Because of the energy like, fields. Yeah, I lay everything really like I'm, I'm, nothing touches and I always have my palms up. Yes. And I mean, for those of you that think we're crazy right now, it really <laughs> works. It helps free your mind. Um, I learned a trick a long time ago that you start at the top of your head. And you clear everything and then you move to the next spot and the next spot until you're down to your toes. Now, before, you know, that, that is a meditative practice for me. Typically, I fall asleep. Mm. I relax so much that I'm out unless I have a timer set. Yeah, I'm still on the timer because I'm, I don't think I'm quite ready to just let myself go completely. Um, I'm still a newbie meditator, but the fact that I have had so many positive benefits from 15 minutes a day, which is nothing, I can't imagine what like these deeper meditations can do for you. Exactly. And even if you don't want to try meditation, we're not here to push it on you. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Think about things in your business that are not making you happy that maybe you can just hit pause on. 
when I was a senior and a wedding photographer, I was torn between both worlds so much. I couldn't focus. I couldn't have thoughts of moving my business forward until I left weddings. And then suddenly my mind was clear. I was in a creative burnout and I didn't even recognize it. Wow. So you finally just said, I need to let go of the thing that is, you know, not serving me. It's holding it's creating me back. Me, yeah. It's holding me back. It's um, causing me to lose, you know, my creative energy. It's leading to burnout. And so you let it go. And what did that do for you? It allowed me to move forward and start booking more clients, the clients I wanted, doing what I loved instead of showing up at a wedding and looking at the clock at oh, the end of the night. Yeah. So I, I never show up at a senior session and look at the clock. You know, it's funny hearing you say that I, I have a really good friend who is a wedding photographer and she's brilliant at it. And we were talking one time and I remember just like kind of anecdotally saying like about the time that I shot a wedding and it was like one of the worst experiences of my life. And she's like, you know, isn't that so funny? She said, because I've shot a few seniors and I was so mentally exhausted at the end <laughs> of that session, I wanted to cry and I am so energized by weddings. I just love them. I go in and I'm just like all day long. It's like no time at all has passed. And that is the perfect example of two people who are, you know, following the creative path that they should be on, right? Is that I'm not doing weddings and she's not doing seniors and we shouldn't. And I think people do get hung up with well, I don't think it, I know it, of pursuing certain areas of photography because they think, oh, well, that's where the money is. But that's not where the passion is. That's not where the creative fuel is. Your tank will be empty. Not only will your tank will be empty, but you're not going to be producing amazing work when you hate what you're doing. It's just not possible. When I did weddings, I had a partner in the wedding business. And I found myself towards the end of the night hiding in the bathroom more than I was out there on the dance floor capturing the images. And I would oh always get texts, are you still in the bathroom? Yeah. Give me a minute. Still not feeling too good. I'm scrolling my phone. I wasn't even in the bathroom. I was just in the room because oh. I wanted to hide. I was done. I, that was the signs were in neon for me, blaring at me like, hey, you need out of this. Wow. You know, that is so cool. Like just he hearing you say that, like the, the blaring signs, I think we see these things so often where, you know, the signs are all there, be it, you know, something you need to let go of in your business or maybe, you know, in your personal life. And we just hold on for dear life sometimes to these things that we know we should be letting go of. Um, and I get it. It's hard. You know, I mean, you've you've come to expect a certain lifestyle and, you know, this is how you do things. And it's always making change is really scary. Yeah. And when you're at that creative rut, you think, OK, this isn't for me, but if I don't do it, 
Will it hurt my business? Of course. Well, it's I fear based. My bills. Yeah, your fear is ruling the show. It's behind the wheel of the car and it is speeding with you in it. Yeah, I would say that from what I've learned in life is that most people are operating in that fear based mentality. Um, I've done it too. And I get it. You know, it is, it can be scary to say, well, I'm going to not do weddings anymore, but gee, they're 50% of my income. So, you know, maybe you don't say, okay, I'm literally not booking any weddings for the rest of the year, but maybe you say, okay, I'm going to cut back on marketing for weddings and start picking up marketing for this other area that I'm really passionate about. And, you know, it's done incrementally while, you know, you're still being safe with your bills and making sure that like all of a sudden you're not homeless, but (laughs) right. So, um, it's, it doesn't all have to happen overnight. That's not what we're advocating for, but, um, but you know, you can set a goal and say, you know, by, next wedding season, I won't be booking any more weddings. And I'm going to give myself this time to really turn things around and move into this other genre that I'm super excited and passionate about. That's exactly what I did at a wedding photographer dinner. We would, some of us wedding photographers locally within like an hour to our radius, we'd get together once a month and we'd have dinner or lunch. I said, I'm leaving weddings and this time next year, I'm going to be booking seniors. And they looked at me like I was an alien. And I said, (laughs) and by the way, I'm starting a blog and it's called Senior Style Guide. And I'm going to be featuring, featuring, oh my gosh, I can't even talk. I'm going to be featuring photographers all over the world, all their sessions, because I'm going to immerse myself 24 seven in all things senior photography. And then they really looked at me like there was something (laughs) wrong with me. And it was funny because one of the photographers who was at that dinner a year later, after I started doing everything I said I was going to, because I felt like if I say it out loud, I'm accountable. Yes. They messaged me and said, I'm so glad to see you pursuing your passion. And I'm like, you know what? It really is my passion. It's where I want to be. Yeah. And now look at you. You're, I mean, I know you're so humble, but I I do want to say that like 10 years later, you can look back and say, I did that. And And I'm not hiding in the bathroom anymore at a wedding. Exactly. (laughs) You're not in the bathroom. You're sitting out here doing podcasts and creating beautiful images and, and and making, you know, these, oh, like you've got push. Oh my gosh, which is this amazing conference. Oh, don't shake your head, Vicki. I see you <laughs> over there. Um, you know, styled shoots, all the education that's even free on your website. And I'm not trying to like seriously do a plug here, but for real, like you you did the thing that you wanted to do, but the only reason I believe that you were able to be successful is because the passion was there. And I was burnt out. At the time, I didn't have a name for it, but I was burnt out. And look at you. You're manifesting everything you're putting out there. You're moving from seniors into the editorial world, models. Yeah. And yeah. But I can I can tell you um, the fear that I have felt in doing that has been crippling. Yes. Um, I can attest to that fact that uh, the fear could stop me in my tracks. And 
the way around that is to remind yourself that, at least for me, I remind myself that I have one life and I get to pursue the things that I want to pursue. And whatever happens is part of the journey. And that's okay. It's okay if I fail miserably um, because I tried. And I don't think I will fail miserably. I don't think you will <laughs> but, at all. But it took me it took me a lot of time to like come to even that conclusion, you know, that that it's that that's I think I had to accept that it would be okay if I failed in order to get to the point where I'm like, you know what, maybe maybe I'm actually going to do this. Um and so what if so, you fail? I know, that's what I'm saying. You it, just start over with something else. Yeah, no, I think that the failure can be what what actually helps you to find the other thing that you were actually supposed to do. Um, so again, you know, it's not just, I'm going to do this one thing and then that's going to be it forever because it really is an evolution. And so, if I did one thing forever, I'd still be a record store owner. And we all know <laughs> where those are right now. Do you know what I would be doing? What? Did I ever tell you what I was before I was a photographer? You don't no. know. That's so funny. Um, actually, I went to school for nursing. Really? I yes. can see that. I'm a registered nurse. Okay. And I have worked in some of the highest level acuity hospitals. Um, I worked at University of Michigan, which um, is already a hospital that takes very, very sick patients. But I worked in the surgical intensive care unit and worked with patients who were some of the sickest people that you can imagine. Wow. Working with, um, you know, ECMO machines, which is wow, a machine. Wow, that's really, I've watched enough Grey's Anatomy oh, to you know, know what an ECMO, ECMO is. You do? Yes. <laughs> Extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. Um, yeah. So I, I did all of that and, um, also realized that I wasn't passionate about what I was doing and um, started making moves to make a change. Um, it didn't happen overnight. And there were still years that I still worked a little bit in nursing. I didn't leave it all of a sudden. Um, but I knew, I knew that that wasn't my place forever. So, well, and that's how you combat burnout. It's yes. how you're re replenishing your creative soul. Oh my gosh. Right. Because if I had just stayed in nursing for 30 years, do you know what a terrible nurse I would be? I would be horrible. People would hate me. They'd be like, that terrible nurse, she won't even like bring me water because I would have been so burned out because I wasn't doing something that I loved and I would have been really bad at it. That's how I was. I straight out of college, I was a behavioral clinician. I was burnt out within six months. Wow. That was it. Yeah. My office like, door well, was closed more than it was open. I just wasted however many years of college. <laughs> no, because both of those degrees allowed me the ability oh, yeah, no. to think inside and think about what I really wanted to do. And also, I mean, a psychology degree, guys, it, it's so amazing that you have that for your business. Um yeah. I mean, businesses hire psychologists to help them with marketing campaigns, you know? So, um, 
if you don't have a psychology degree like Vicky does, whatever, uh, <laughs> you know, do some research on the psychology of, of marketing and selling because it's really interesting stuff. It is. So I guess we're going to leave our listeners with the question. Do you know when you're burnout? If so, how do you combat it? And how do you replenish your creative soul to go back out and create the killer images that you do? We want to hear from you. Yes, love that. Thanks. That's a wrap for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. We realize there are so many podcasts out there that you have the option to listen to, and it really means the world that you are joining us and giving up a part of your day and ultimately just joining in on part of the conversation and the community. In addition, make sure you are joining us over on Facebook in the Senior Style Guide group, where photographers from across the globe contribute, give their input and their advice and share their experiences to help other photographers grow and learn. We would love for you to join us over there as well. We look forward to seeing you become part of the conversation. If you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button below, please take a second to do that. It makes sure you keep up to date on all the content that we are putting out there. And we have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you throughout the year from industry leaders and members of the Senior Style Guide community. Thank you for joining us and we cannot wait to have you as part of our community and listening to future episodes.